Hey everybody, Bill here with another episode of The Debrief. What if I told you as a seed stage company that you could slow down, take capital, and spend three months working on your brand? You might think I'm crazy, right? That's when you're supposed to be building product, finding product market fit, turning out new features and growing the actual user base. Mm -hmm. Today, Dan and I from Tango, one of our past partners, actually talk about the opposite approach, which is slowing down and thinking about brand first and how that's actually helped them uh, in this first year of their business and their their growth. So I hope you enjoy uh, a really fantastic conversation with Dan. Mr. Dan, happy to be chatting with you today, sir. How are you? I am great. Um, yeah, we've we've been on a kick at Tango with um, these fellow mugs, and you can see a very like oh, Tango inscription. Yeah. So it's kind of subtle. Um, yes, I'm also doing product placement, although which is our Stay Hydrated Focus Lab mug uh, or cup. Uh, I just have water in it. I'm boring uh, today. So, so let's dive in. Um, but first, why don't you just take a second talk about who you are, Tango, what you do there? Doesn't have to be long. I'm Dan or Geo, as I'm more commonly referenced in Slack, which is now our office. Um, and I am co-founder, COO at uh, Tango, which effectively means I've overseen go-to-market, so sales, marketing, operations, any kind of external customer-facing stuff. And I guess to give the viewers, listeners, a little bit of a contextual commentary here, we worked with y'all on your rebrand, which is what we're going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, I did. I went and looked up the day before the call. Uh, it seems to me like from what I could find, the brand went live just about a year ago. I have November 17th. I don't know if that's the exact date. I try to go through LinkedIn and Twitter and try to see when the look at us, we're live. But you're just about a year into that. Does that feel like it's... A long time ago? Does it feel like it was yesterday? It feels like it's been longer. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's a cool milestone. It, it definitely feels like I don't know. Some of these months, you know, they they go by uh, extremely fast when you think about them in, in some lenses, and then they go by much slower when you think about them uh, in other ways. But it's such a part of who we are now that I feel like it's been yeah. with us since the beginning. Yeah. Yep. So you're about a year into it. That doesn't account for all the work that we did before that together. Right. So then all of that kind of maybe builds onto our memory, but it's only been live for a year. Uh, and y'all have been doing a lot in a year, but specifically in this talk, we're not going to talk about the rebrand experience per se, which is generally what we do. Um, but I think as equally valuable is, is for people to hear about why you chose to go the path you went which to be more clear is investing in brands so early at focus lab i would say the vast majority of the companies we work with are series a series d and they're all in the middle there y'all got right to that series a right kind of like on the heels almost of the rebrand so you weren't you were still in that seed series a kind of zone but technically speaking, that's still pretty early for most people to think about brand. But we're gonna what we're gonna hope to uncover in this call is why that is so important at that early stage, and maybe make that less uh, or more the norm, I should say, and, and less of the the ooh, I don't we don't, don't want to invest in brand yet. So I'll hit you with the first question. 
What is the typical path that other companies might take that don't invest in brand this early? What are they investing in? What's their growth approach? Totally. So I'd say two things there. One, I think a lot of people still execute on sort of the lean startup method, right? And it's, let's get something out there. Let's get feedback. Um, let's iterate quickly. Let's not be tied to what we create. More or less saying, like, let's not invest up front and mm -hmm. um, just get something out there. Uh, the other approach I think you see is um, like, hey, let's get, okay, maybe we figured something out. We've gotten that feedback a little bit later. Let's, um, let's really scale user base or revenue, you know, whatever your, your kind of early stage growth metric is. Um, and then sort of reset and, you know, rebuild the product off of like, uh, and do a new architecture, rebuild the brand. Um, and, uh, and, you know, sort of do like a, a relaunch once you've like, okay, now we have something. So, and you took a different approach, which was to lead with brand, which is why we're here. So what, what was the thinking behind that? What, how did you come to that conclusion? What were you fearful of in making that decision? I think I've got a couple hot takes for you here. Um, one, you know, so in our early days, so we, we raised a, a seed round. We were fortunate to to be able to get, you know, a little bit of capital um, based off of a team, you know, um, a de-risked idea around a lot of customer discovery. Um, mm -hmm. And so we were in this sort of, uh, you know, partnership phase with early um, design partners, uh, you know, customers, right? Um, and, you know, as we were, uh, you know, kind of doing some of those pilots, um, with some of the design partners from a product perspective, we weren't like landing, we got great feedback. Um, people were willing to like get on the phone with us because they thought we were like nice people, you know, just a lot of the time, um, <laughs> yeah. probably telling us just what we wanted to hear. But, you know, it's, at some point we, we sort of had the realization and we, we, we heard this phrase somewhere and it really stuck with us, but it was like, um, you can't serve burnt pizza and expect to get feedback on the pizza. You know, so this is like in the prototyping and, and, you know, really like early, early days. Um, but that was the principle and I'll explain more, you know, that, that kind of, it, it really built on some of our principles and, and beliefs, uh, over time. Um, so, you know, basically saying that like, okay, if you're going to serve something up to somebody, um, and all they can, can sort of see or experience is this like this thick char on your product or, you know, uh, not actually get to like get into, you know, what you're offering. Um, you're not going to really get the signal that you need. Um, mm -hmm. It's especially so with how high consumer expectations are and user expectations. That's become the norm in B2B and enterprise as well. So that's from a product perspective. We sort of have this baking in our minds. It's like we need to really like go launch um something that, that we're proud of, that we would use, that's fast, that mm -hmm. you know, makes sense, it's intuitive. Um, so we're working on that from a product perspective. And, you know, we're, we were just kind of like, it's really similar, I think, from um, uh, a go-to-market perspective where what you have to say up front, that's really going to dictate um, a lot of a lot of the experience that those, those early users and those early customers get. Um, so we sort of combined into this launch strategy of like, hey, 
we're going to roll out a product that um, we feel proud of, we think is going to make a bang. And then we're also going to simultaneously roll out a brand and sort of a, a go-to-market touch point that, that we equally feel proud of. Um, and it's sort of going exactly in the reverse of that lean startup, uh, you know, like just get to a certain scale and then you can fix things uh, mindset. Yeah. Um, because I actually don't think the world works that way anymore. Like you, you, there are so many products out there. If you need to stand out, you know, from the noise, like you really, you have one shot to make a great first impression when, when you're, mm -hmm. you're coming out of the stealth and, and launching. And so, um, those were, those were really, that was really what was on our mind when we sort of first entered into, you know, okay, you know, brand is, is going to be something that, that we invest in first. Yeah, great points there. I really love the don't serve burn pizza and expect quality feedback, right? So I kind of like, I don't know, like, I don't know what to tell you. It's kind of like burnt. It's like, all right, let's, let's get past the burnt stage. Um, were you, was there fear? Was there like trepidation in that plan or were you, were you so evolved in your brand mindset at that point where you're like, no, this is the right way. We're going to do this. We're not nervous about this strategy. There was fear and trepidation for us just because um, it was an investment in capital. And certainly we didn't have a ton of capital at that point, you know, a couple million dollars to ground. Um, and then it was a big investment in our time and focus. And like, we really had to be all bought in. So, we knew that was something we had to commit to and that's what we didn't take lightly. And, you know, we're <laughs> like, Hey, we're going to have to be all in on this or, or it's not going to work. And, you know, you guys helped us understand that, that well too up front, but that, that was sort of the initial trepidation that, that was on our minds. I'm really glad you said that. I actually hadn't considered that on this topic. I think I'm so inside the bubble now doing this for 12 years. It's just kind of like, Oh yeah, it's going to take a lot of time. I'm able now in this moment to say, Oh yeah. Okay. You had to use, a chunk of your early investment, which is hard to kind of like part with so quickly, right, on this strategy, but then the time, which is as valuable as dollar bills changing hands, because you have to invest a lot of time. You have to meet with us every single week. You get deliverables every single week. You have to review them. You have to give feedback. Then you have to meet with us again. In between all that, you have to build your product, build your team, and do all those, uh, all those other things. Good point on calling out the time investment. Worth it, though. Worth it a thousand times over. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you what you benefit from pre-launch is that you don't have to be responding to customer tickets every day. You don't have to be trying to like move that that growth trajectory. You don't have to be, you know, trying to to get to whatever that next step is. Um, you have the time to be intentional and think long term early on. And, yeah. you know, if you're in this to build a, a long, enduring, meaningful company, you know, by any means, those early days are precious, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, that's a real opportunity um, to, to really dedicate that time and, and, you know, really go deep on it, too. And so you're sort of taking a risk, right? You're saying, like, we're going to bet ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah. We think we're going to be successful. We're going to have that founder delusion, you know, that we're going to be like $10 million company. Um, yeah. But if you truly want to build for the long term, you know, that is the best time in the stage of your company to uh, to really get these foundational things right. Yeah, well said. And it's, you know, it's probably easier said than done for both me and you now having gone through it. But 
you know, it could be scary to say, okay, slow down and really think about who you are, what matters and what story you're going to tell. There's two things that people need to remember in that is like, it's slowing down for a period of time. And when you hear, I think y'all's project was maybe around like 12 weeks or something, right? Like slow down for three months and three months sounds like a long time. In hindsight, it's not really all that much time, right? Like three months goes by like this when we're just in the building stage. If that three month slowdown in investment can even get you to year two or year three before you slow down again and build on top of that, you don't have to go throw it all away. So you can still have this mindset of like, okay, yeah, we know we don't need to know what we're going to be 30 years from now, but you can still try to figure out what the hell you're going to be in two or three years from now. And by slowing down, you're going to be able to do that way easier, much more efficiently. The two to three year run I'm talking about, the efficiency that will come now, and you can speak to this, the clarity of what you guys are trying to build, why it matters. You get that in that slowdown, that three month. Okay, let's make sure we're really clear here. That's and you now, and please speak to this, like the rebranding process is as much about that that is it's coming out with a logo, right? It's as, it's as much about looking good as understanding who the hell we are at this stage. That can change. That's fine. You can never do enough reflection on that question. Who the hell are we? Mm-hmm. Like, And especially when you're about to go launch for the first time, especially um, you need to go out with, a hypothesis that is as deeply thought through as possible about what you're going to message to to the world and what you're going to deliver through your product to the world. And so, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be right. Right. I mean, the stakes are high, but like it just needs to be something that you've thought through so deeply so that you can then be reactive. Right. Once you like fully understand who you are, you're much able to then iterate and grow and be reactive because you've already done all that thinking, you know? Yes. I love that. Yeah, you've got a much better filter to run things through. Again, it doesn't have to be perfect. Filters can change, but at least you have a filter as opposed to we just build, build, build. We test, 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 test. Things break. It's like, yeah, but you still got to know, like, directionally, what are we trying to do uh, so that we can make those types of decisions? So then that leads to almost a final question. But I think there's probably a lot of ways to crack this open here, which is what's the real return? I think everybody, when they think about branding... Branding is this like big nebulous term. Um, It's warm and fuzzy. It's creative. It's artsy. It's like, no, no, it's actually an asset. It's a real tool that that brings a return. Y'all have been out for a year now. The returns you see in one year versus five years will be different. But do you think you're able to speak to some of that actual return? Totally. So, I mean, I think we, we just spent some time talking about kind of that initial launch period and, and just, um, you know, preparing your company foundation, right. And a lot of that you can do through this brand work. Uh, so actually take my perspective. I mean, so you're talking to me, I actually wasn't, um, you know, with three of us co-founders, we're all actively involved in the brand project, but my directive is sales and marketing growth. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, this is something, first time founder, um, maybe other people smarter than me out there, more experienced would have expected, but I never would have expected that, um, brand itself would have driven a lot of our growth. And Mm -hmm. let me, let me sort of unpack what that means. So, uh, 
the big buzz phrase of the last three years, at least in my echo chamber, is product-led growth. And we are very much a product-led growth company, you know, by every definition of of that phrase. And more or less, we're just saying like, hey, bottoms up SaaS, you deliver, you know, an easy yeah. to use product that's generous free offering that people can experience the value. Um, I actually think that's, that's even dated at this point. Um, so what comes before products, right? And, and somebody, this is Brent, somebody said this phrase to me the other day, and it's, it's just been stuck with me actually recently this last week, but brand is the promise you make to customers, right? Mm-hmm. So your product ultimately delivers on whatever promise you make, but brand is that that's it's the five to 30 second conversation that you have with your users before they use your product. So yep. it's the messaging, it's the look and feel, it's the visuals, but you know, think about any great sales call. How does that start? You try and build empathy. You try and build rapport. You try and build relationship. You try and convince whoever is taking the precious time out of their day to come say hello to tango that they've come to the right place. Um, mm-hmm. you're helping them imagine a better version of themselves by spending time on your website. You're delivering super clear, transparent messaging around what you are. You're building that trust, right? Um, mm-hmm. And this is the first thing you need to get right. So the whole thing about product like <laughs> growth is like fast onboarding, like fast time to value aha moment. Sure, you need to do all that. But the first thing you need to do is get get that first five to 30 seconds right. And where does that happen? Yeah. Your brand, right? Yes. So you guys can help me come up with a phrase for this. Like, I don't know if brand-led growth is like the new phrase or it should be just like honesty-led growth or, you know, whatever it is. But um, that from from my my directive and, you know, my chair is like, like, holy crap. Like, we did brand so well. We ended up having best product hunt launch of the year. Mm. Um, we ended up, you know, exploding. We're about, you know, 200,000 users now, but even right out of the gates, we were, you know, 30,000 users in just a couple months. Um, and, uh, you know, why did that happen? Like, yes, our product was good. It delivered value, but you know, people were able to come in and see what we were all about. They were able to build a relationship with us you know, in that, those five to 30 seconds. Um, yeah, I think I'll probably say some things that might spawn more, but this is valuable like because brand is so nebulous. And of course we have selfish intent here as a brand agency, right? We want everybody to know and to cherish branding, but it's like, we're not selling fool's gold. Like this is real. Like this thing actually like works. We're trying to help people in that effort now. So you were getting at the, what do we call this thing? What's the new term? I can tell you, we don't, we didn't create this term for this reason, but we have a mantra at Focus Lab, which is brand first, brand forever. It's in our footer. It's in our social media headers. That's like our, if we had a tagline or whatever, it'd be in there somewhere. This idea of brand first, brand forever, because, and just like you said, for us, everything starts with brand. It has to. Right. Like, why do I honestly like why do I buy an Apple phone over a Samsung phone or whatever? Like a lot of that starts with brand. Right. You become loyal to the brand. Why is the product better on a tech sheet? It's probably not better. It's probably worse, actually. But I value and I trust and I align and I do all these other things with a brand. And then the, the product builds on that promise, to use your words. So really well said. Um I think it was really wise and I'm happy you chose to, to invest in brands so early 
and get that benefit, right? That's a, that's a horse getting out of the gate significantly earlier than other horses. That's a huge advantage, right? You're like turning the first, first corner and people are like, oh shit, we got to really think about brand. It's like, okay, but now we're even further down that track. We're already ahead. Startups need to be thinking about that. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I would have, uh, it's, it's actually so on the go to market side. The first marketing hire we made was a brand lead. Um, after Love we that. did that project with you. And again, as a naive first time founder, I thought, Oh, we need to go hire a growth marketer. You know, what did you do first? You go get users. Um, you know, maybe a salesperson, if we have leads, maybe like a life cycle marketer, you know, but no, the first hire we made was, was brand. And, you know, we're a team of, uh, you know, about eight full-time on the marketing side. And we have three full-time brand people, you know, we have a small brand team. Um, and just because we kept doubling down on what we learned in those early days. And it's, yeah, it's like, it all starts with what is that, that conversation you're having with, with the world. The product has to live up to that, right? It's, that doesn't diminish. Like you said, that doesn't diminish the value. You still have to have a kick-ass product. You can't really do one without the other. You could, and it would last only for a period of time, though. It'd be the beautiful steakhouse that when you see the outside, you're like, the food must be great. I'll go eat there. And then the food kind of sucks. You're like, eh, I won't go eat there again. But you got them one time. But if you can live up to it on the backside of that, now you've got the whole system working. They got what they expected to get. And they knew what they were going to get because the brand represented and told them very clearly what they would get by going into that restaurant or working even inside a particular company, right? That's going to help you with recruitment. People are going to know who Tango is, what it cares about, what it stands for, what it's trying to do. That's certainly going to help with recruitment as well. Products at the center. I mean, for sure, that's, you know, how software's moved and tech's moved, right? It's, it's all about yeah. that, that end user value you deliver. Um, but from a growth perspective, I mean, you think about, you know, like what is the role of, of you know, the rest of the organization and, and how do we... How do we put a spotlight on, you know, what um, what the product is, is actually delivering and, and, you know, how it fits into people's lives? And that's where brand, I think, especially for these like PLG companies, like it just yeah. matters way more. Um, yeah, um, maybe than it even traditionally did. Yeah, it's even go further. It's one of the most critical areas where you can really stand alone on your own two feet and which what i mean by that is like there'll be competition out there right features will start to match all then you get in a features race and it becomes you know commodity and all these like yeah but the brand is the brand so there's there's at least one real big thing you can hang a hat on that says but we are still different because of this and although people will buy the product for the pain point the product solves if two things look the same, they're going to fall back to brand to say, okay, they both sell, solve my pain point, but I align better to this one. And that's generally going to be brand. So this would lead me to the, the actual final question, which is, I think if people weren't persuaded by now to at least consider the value of brand in an early startup, um, what, what final word like you're sitting down, there's another founder across the table. They're about to start their company and they're like, we just got our seed round. And you're trying to tell them you should invest in brand, or if you do, make sure you consider A, B, and C. Like, what words of advice would you give somebody? Yeah, we we are in an age of of trust 
right? Trust from a consumer and an end user, a buyer has never mattered more, mattered more. That's what's revolutionized how sales works, why bottoms up is working. Um, and the biggest way to establish trust is to be just a hundred percent clear back to what you said early on, who are we? And just mm. lay that out on the table in the most expressive way that you can. That's true to true to your core beliefs, true to your, your company, North star, your product direction, everything. Um, and if you do that, you know, uh, you have as good a shot as any to, um, to create a new category, enter a new market, um, launch for the first time. Right. Um, but you know, the, the age of gotchas and like hide things behind paywalls. <laughs> it's like, don't think like that. And like, yeah, maybe yeah. don't, don't read lean startup. I, I'm done with that book. So that's my last piece of Be your true authentic self express that through your brand. That made me think of one other point that I saw the other day. Where did I see it? God, it could even have been an article we wrote or somebody wrote, which was, if you can build the brand right, you can create that trust that actually allows you to fail and not lose the customer, right? At this point, if my iPhone totally craps the bed, I'm not going to say, oh my God, I'm going to Samsung. I'm so embedded now, for better or for worse, the brand is working. I'm going to, I trust Apple enough that the next one's not going to break. So that's that, that coming back to your point of trust, you build the brand strong enough and you keep them there and build that trust bubble. You guess it gives you room to fail. That would be powerful as a startup, right? Cause there's going to be failure early on, but if you have nothing to, to, to hold them close, they're like, eh, I'm out. I have no alliance to you. I'm gone. It, it earns you permission to fail, to experiment, to iterate with your early users and customers. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, this is a fantastic chat. I'm really happy we ran into each other in person um, at Saster, and we kind of riffed for a minute, and I'm like, this is exactly what we should talk about, and we just did it. And someone's going to learn from this. That's the goal of these calls. Somebody else is actually going to take value out of this. They don't need to hire Focus Lab. They don't need to go do branding tomorrow. Just want to kind of get this type of content out there. So thank you for being a part of that. Happy to do it. And yeah, so many people helped us along the way. So if I can even just relay a little bit of our learnings of success, then, you know, that makes me extremely gratified. Mm -hmm.